Well, welcome to um, back to uh, Welfare in Warfare. And um, during this uh, session, uh, number two in this series, I want to focus on the whole idea of what it means to to rest in the sovereignty of God. Uh, like I said, with these podcasts, the idea is to specifically speak into um, the Christian life, um, you know, to say to someone who doesn't believe in the Lord, rest in the sovereignty of God, doesn't really make any sense um, they wouldn't know it wouldn't have the spiritual faculties to be able to do so because you can't do that without the holy spirit who's given to us when we're born again so this is this is advice and counsel particularly for those who believe and love the lord but i would also say it might be helpful for those who are seeking those who feel there's a, a growing interest in christianity and the faith that something in them is stirring because very often that is well i think that's always the holy spirit i don't think anyone is naturally interested in, a, in, in, in Christianity in terms of uh, a desire to really know more when that happens that's very often I think that is the Holy Spirit and so it, it, these, these podcasts could be really helpful um, as the Holy Spirit perhaps is in the process of opening your eyes to some things so yeah we're going to be talking about resting in the sovereignty of God which is a really really important lesson to learn um, as a believer when we talk about the sovereignty of God what, what, what are we what are we referring to we're referring to the fact that he is king, he is Lord, he is over all things, that he knows the end from the beginning, that he's not he's not a God who has created everything uh, and, and, you know, um, has kind of set it all off in motion, but then let, lets things sort of run themselves. The Bible says that all things are held together by his powerful word. There's something... Uh, that the Lord doesn't just create all things, but sustains all things. That in Him, all things hold together. That He, that His, His lordship, His sovereignty, His His rule overall is is such that He instantaneously knows everything um, that's going on and is working everything together in His purpose and for His will and according to His counsel, uh, and is also. Uh, completely committed and powerful enough to make all things work together for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. So that's what we mean by the sovereignty of God, that that he's not caught out by situations. Um, now, of course, when, t- when really bad things happen in life, it, it causes us difficulties in terms of processing that, um, you know, did God cause that or did God just allow that? And you know, theologians can sort of argue about that stuff for hours. But I think for the purpose really of, of, of this session today, just to be able to say that he is utterly sovereign. And there may be um, there may be elements of that that we'll never fully understand until we know as we are known. So the Bible says that there will be a day when we know as we are known, when we see him face to face, we will know as we are known. There's a, there's a sense in which... There will be that full disclosure, that full revelation. But the Bible acknowledges we don't have that now. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the secret things belong to God, but the things revealed belong to us so that we might fear the Lord and, and obey him. So things, certain things have been revealed <clears throat> enough for us to be able to honour God and, and you know, trust him and obey him. But not everything's been revealed. Not everything, we, you know, we, we see like in an old-fashioned mirror, you know, whereby the reflection back wasn't 100%. 
you know, um, but you, you could get a sense of what was going on. That much has been has been revealed, but there's a lot to happen. So we have to live in the mystery. But what has been revealed is that God is almighty, all powerful, that his rule extends completely over all of his creation, that he's not part of creation, that um, that he is above and beyond and transcends. He is the creator. As a result, he is blessed forever. He is in a completely different category from everything else in his creation. Everything else, the devil included, is completely um, dependent upon and subservient to him, whether willingly or not. His sovereignty reaches beyond our will, even. He is orchestrating the situations uh, created even by people who are operating in rebellion against him. He will work everything around according to his good purpose. That's what we mean by the sovereignty of God. It's a huge deal. It shouldn't lead to us being um, passive because we believe other things that the Bible reveals as well, that, that, that God entrusts us with gifts and talents and time uh, and responsibilities and we'll be held to account for what we do with them. So this is the last thing you should do is leads to uh, passivity. Also, the Bible reveals and teaches the that God in his sovereignty has, has ordained that prayer, believing prayer, faith-filled prayer, would be one of the means through which you know, he works out his purposes. So, hey, it's incumbent upon us to give time to prayer. It's not, an, it's not just an, 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 an added extra or a, a bonus ball. It's, it's essential. So these things have also been revealed. But what it ought to lead to is peace. And um, that we know that ultimately God has got it. Whatever it is, God has got it. But underneath are the everlasting arms that no matter how much I feel like things are falling away <laughs> beneath me, things that I hoped would happen, things that I was looking forward to, things that I was relying upon, that, that underneath all of those things that seem to be giving way one floor at a time, underneath are the everlasting arms. That, um, that nothing in all of creation can separate me, you, us, from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, that we are in the Father's hand, that we are in Jesus' hand, that nothing can snatch us out of God's hands, um, that he's got us. This ought to be a tremendous source of comfort to us, a tremendous source of peace to us, and should really help us as we face um, uncertainty, as we face unpredictability as we face uh, circumstances that you think this isn't what I wanted I didn't want to lose my job <laughs> I might have moaned about it a bit too much when I had it but I didn't want to lose it you know I, I, I didn't want that relationship not to work out I want I, I had hopes that that relationship would become this or that and it hasn't um, these are things that can really weigh on us people that we care about who are struggling and you've done all you can and you think can't fix this. These are situations that are very, very real. Things that are out of our control. I remember myself um, uh, being overseas uh, a few, a couple of years ago now, and um, you know, here getting getting the call that my mum was really ill, and um, she had to have an emergency operation, and 
um, she was about to have that, and you know the 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 odds were, the odds of it being successful or not were you know they they weren't the most encouraging, and I just felt utterly helpless. Was I couldn't be with my siblings. I wanted to be around my mum's bed with my siblings. Um, had a, a a snatched phone call with her. I thought this could be my last interaction with her. It was incredibly difficult. It was. Um, it was. It felt dark. It felt. I felt helpless. I, I was in a in a in a nation where, on that particular day, you know, no one was answering. No one. No. No one at the airport was answering the phone. I couldn't really um, adjust my flights. I was helpless. Horrible feeling, um, and emotionally very difficult. So I'm not. What I'm not saying is that the sovereignty of God means we'll never struggle. Far from it. But but then but underneath are the everlasting arms. So even though I felt helpless, I felt frustrated, I, I needed some time to really gather myself together as I was experiencing the reality of, of, of the difficulty. Um, I didn't fall apart. Uh, why? Because ultimately, foundationally in me is the knowledge that God is sovereign, that whatever comes our way, though it may not be easy, he's got it. He's got it. And I do think that it's ever so important that we um, that we grow in this understanding, that we apply it. Um, I think it's one thing to, how can I put it, to say we believe something, you know. Uh, I, I think maybe, I'll, maybe, let me phrase it like this. I think we can believe different things to different depths, you know. And I think this is one of those things that we've got to believe at our deepest point. We've got to really believe it. God is powerful. God is good. Nothing happens without his permission. He's going to work it all together for good. These are things I need to meditate upon. These are things I need to give time to. These are things I need to get into me. These are things I need to pray in to my soul and um, allow the Holy Spirit to really convince me deeply of and I want to encourage and suggest that it's the same for you it's the same it's the same for all of us that we need to um, these things need to be very real in our minds and in our hearts they're real but they need to be real inside of us I'm talking about experiential Christianity here where these things don't feel flimsy to us they don't feel like mist but 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 that the faith that the Lord has given us can really lay a hold on these things and Really, you know, really reach in and hold on and say, I'm going to hold on to this. And as a result of my faith really holding on to this, you know, I'm going to come through this season. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to come through this season and I will have grown. I'm going to come through this season. I'm going to be more like Jesus, not less like Jesus. I'm going to come through this season and I will at some point, at some point, be able to see what the Lord has done through this this is this is this is what faith does this is how faith works this is the um this is the way that 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 the holy spirit wants to really help us to grow in these matters now when we look around about us sometimes life can look so uh, uh, random sometimes life can look like man why why did that happen what's going on there how could that happen and and you know it can to to the point where 
you know, you can sort of lose trust in, in, in the sense that there's a plan. You can lose trust in the sense that there's something coherent being worked out. And um, I think sometimes, you know, this happens because of extraordinary tragedy. And you can just sympathise so much. Um, and I think in those situations, you just need extra grace from the Lord to really be able to trust, uh, really walk by faith and not by sight. You know, you think, uh, for, you think of the Apostle Paul and all of his sufferings. You think of Jesus, his sufferings. You think of Joseph and what he went through in a tragic circumstance. You think of Abraham and Sarah, year on year, no child. You know, you just think about these things where you go, this is really hard and it's lasting a long time. You, wow, do you need the grace of God. And we see the grace of God in those stories, you know, Lord coming and appearing and renewing the promise, you know, you know, the Lord just working in such a way that those heroes were able to be able to, you know, just continue to be confident in God. See, in Christ before the crucifixion, you know, suddenly, you know, even though he knew it was all going to happen, the reality of it hitting him, you know, in his, in his real human nature, the reality of the suffering he was about to face and the experience of, you know, um, you know, the, 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 the being bruised by the father. How could this be? And all of that, and, you know, in, in that, that cry in that moment, not, not my will, but yours be done. He said, wow, he's really, absolutely. But I think also, if I'm really honest, I think, I think maybe a lot of the time it's, it's not actually that tragic, but, it, but someone might look on and go, mm, is it, but, but, but what, for whatever reason, inside us, inside our heart, we're going, this is really hard, you know. I think it says in the in the book of Proverbs, you know, that the, the, the face can the face can smile, you know, but on the inside there can be much sadness. And sometimes it's strange little things that can get to us and bother us and throw us. But it's in those instances that we have to ask ourselves, Lord, what's going on in my heart? Lord, have I been holding on to something here in a way that's kind of out of proportion? Have I been reaching for something here, even as godly as it might be, but reaching for it in a way whereby I've been hoping in that more than hoping in you, or I've been desiring and longing for that more than desiring and longing for you yourself. We have to be able to let the Holy Spirit just help us to see there. Sometimes we don't know of ourselves, but you say, Lord, can you just help me understand what's going on here? Why is this bothering me so much? Why is this causing me to question whether you care, whether you are good, whether you have the power, why is this really affecting me in this way? And we need to allow the Lord to just help us to get, get into our hearts in that so that so that we can work out whether there's been a situation that's happened where we've basically been putting our trust in something. It could even be something associated with Christianity, but it's not the Lord himself. Um, you know, I think we, 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 we need to be able to grow in that so that as the years go on, our heart becomes increasingly devoted to and delighted in him. And this is such a precious place to come to. Um, and and, and it, it makes for a lot of peace. And it doesn't mean that we don't reach for stuff anymore or go for stuff or step out. It, of course, it doesn't mean that. But it means that when all is said and done, that which can never be taken away from me. The love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And it can never be taken away from me because he is sovereign and he has promised and he has said, nothing can break this. That which can never be taken away from me is that which I, which I treasure the most. 
And so as a, as a result of that, there's something that grows that is rock solid. Because his presence, his indwelling, enduring presence in our heart is the thing that brings us the most joy, the most satisfaction, uh, the most peace. And it's that thing which he has said, nothing can take away from you. And that we trust in because he is sovereign. We trust in, we begin to learn to trust in the schedule of God that we learn to realise that pretty much all the time, you know, our sense of timing is out of kilter. We're either too slow or we're too fast. And every now and then by his grace, we, you know, we catch the wave. But the purposes of God and the ways of God are, are, are beyond our natural intuition. And, you know, um, and so even though we want to be walking in the spirit, of course we do. Actually, when the Bible's talking about walking in the spirit, I think what, what, what it's normally meaning is it's talking about walking in, a, walking in a good relationship with God. I don't think that, it, that it's necessarily always talking about, you know, understanding the, the, the timings of God. I think if you read the life, say, for example, take the life of the Apostle Paul, it's actually quite a lot of frustration. I wanted to come to you, but I was hindered. You know, we wanted to come and see you, but I was resisted. You know, Satan kind of got in the way. You know, there's there's actually quite a lot of convoluted kind of um, hindrances, shipwrecks and other things. If you read the story, you think, wow, it actually, this here's a man who walked in the spirit, but he's, he's, he's you know, he's inconvenienced <laughs> frequently. Let's put it like that. He's frequently inconvenienced. Is he walking in the spirit? Yeah, totally walking in the spirit. Uh, absolutely. But what that really means biblically is he's walking with God, he's praying, he's seeking God, he's he's crucifying the flesh um, and, he's, and he's kind of uh, promoting in his own heart the riches of the Holy Spirit. He's learning to grow in godliness. That's really what, what the phrase there is talking about. It's not that he's got it all sewn up, you know, that he's always kind of, um, he's always kind of on point in terms of, you know, uh, understanding practically speaking logistically speaking everything god's doing and he's just he's just flowing in that way we don't have a model for that kind of lifestyle uh in in the new testament obviously it's always a little bit different uh with jesus you know in the sense that he does he give us a model well yeah of course he does um but he's also filled to the filled with the spirit without measure and you know he's not he's not he's not he doesn't have indwelling sin in the way that we do so even though he's a, he's a model, he's, he's, an, he's what we are looking to, to grow into, absolutely. Um, but it's going to be a lifetime journey getting there. And we'll, we'll never look exactly like that until the final day. And so, you know, there's something to reach for, absolutely. But, you know, even, even having said that, you know, there were, Jesus faced, I would say, even, even within Jesus discerning sort of perfectly, you know, the timing of the Father, knowing when it was his time, when it wasn't his time, when it was his hour, when it wasn't his hour, you know, even within all of that, actually faced significant pressure and inconvenience, you know, when he, when he didn't arrive at Lazarus's tomb until he'd been dead, you know, uh, four days, here's a, here's a man, timings-wise, totally in step with the Spirit, but facing a lot of pressure, why didn't you come sooner, why didn't you come earlier, you know, when there were multitudes of sick people being brought to a town, 
um, but he doesn't minister to them because actually knows God's called him elsewhere. There's a lot of pressure there. So even even when you get the timing of God really right, boy, oh boy, don't expect necessarily a smooth ride. So just to, li- to live in tension where you're trying to discern stuff and always getting it right. When you get it right, other people might not be happy with the decision you made. That's just the Christian life. Um, and none of that undermines the sovereignty of God. It doesn't mean you're not walking with God. And I just think maybe the Lord is wanting to increase our resilience and make us a bit more robust where we're able to be happy in God, even when it seems like everything's going wrong. Let's think about Paul and Silas in prison. You know, they, they tried to go here, was resisted by the Lord, tried to go there, was resisted by the Spirit, ended up having a dream about Macedonia, you know, came to the conclusion God's leading us there. They went there, have a little bit of uh, success, seeing some people come to the law, but then it, it all seems to go wrong. They get beat and put in prison, you know, and you, you think, God, oh dear, at that point, what would I be doing? I'd probably be introspective questioning, did we get it right? You know, struggling not to fall apart, being beaten with rods, being placed in prison. Lord, you know, what have I done wrong? How have I grieved you? Why don't you care about me anymore? You know, pathetic, isn't it? Sorry, just trying to be a little bit um, honest. You don't know till you're in it. But I think, oh dear, I, I think that could be me. They're singing hymns. They're singing hymns. You think, what is going on there? Now, they're human. We know that they're human. We know that when Paul was in Corinth, you know, Jesus appeared to him at night and said to him, don't be afraid. No one's going to harm you. Keep on speaking. We know that when he was in Corinth, that he went there with fear and trembling. So it's not that they are superhuman. But also, so, you know, the Lord knows that. But also there's this kind of sense whereby they don't equate following the Lord fruitfully with ease. And maybe that's the biggest lie we've swallowed. Whenever there's tension, difficulty, pressure, we think something's wrong. We start to question, we start to wobble. God is utterly sovereign in those seasons. God is totally good and all-powerful. He's got it and he's got you in those seasons. Now, when you grasp that, and probably you grasp it in degrees, we always grasp things in degrees, but when you grasp that, that brings an, an enormous amount of stability, steadfastness, the ability to endure, to bear up under difficult seasons and hold the course, stay engaged. It brings a, a very, very um, powerful uh, ability in your life to be able to get through and be fruitful. Um, and that's, I think that often that when you get beneath someone's uh, into someone's spirit that, that is able to persevere in that way, you'll often find that a core part of that foundation that's really fueling them and helping them is that they have become convinced of the sovereignty of God, that none of this could be happening outside of his permission. It doesn't mean that all of the difficulties are somehow his perfect will. You know, we know in heaven there'll be no more tears. No more death, no more curse. We know that, and that's where his perfect will is, is expressed. We, we, we know that there's this now and there's this not yet. The kingdom has come, the kingdom is coming. And, you know, that's a really important thing to be able to hold together, that none of that undermines the sovereignty of God. But there's a program, there's a schedule, there's a plan. And at the moment where we're at in the plan is that the kingdom has come 
and yet the kingdom is still coming. So the kingdom's been inaugurated through Christ's life, death, resurrection and ascension to the throne. Hallelujah. God has his man seated on the throne. It's been inaugurated, but the kingdom is yet to be consummated. And so we are, we are living in that season, that period of time, whereby all of the enemies are being gathered under his feet as the church advances and as the church moves forward. But it, none, of, none of this undermines his sovereignty. It just means that there's a plan and we're not at the end of it yet. But when we get to the end of it, we'll go, wow, that's amazing. I sometimes think it's a bit like epic films. You know, if you watch an epic film, um, where everything comes together at the end and, and you know, you go, phew, you know, you can get off the edge of your chair <laughs> and, you know, just you know, just relax because you go, all right, we're there. But, you know, the twists and the turns on the way, you go, man, alive, can this be happening? Um, and, you know, sometimes if you were to pause it in the middle of the film, you know, you could be tempted to think this thing's, this thing's just unravelling, you know, <laughs> where's this going? It's... Uh, but don't pause, you know, we mustn't, we mustn't pause, press pause on whatever season we're in and start to assess the reality of the situation. It's not the end. It's not the end. And it won't be the end till the end. And when it is the end, you will see the wisdom of God. You will see the purposes of God. You'll see the goodness of God. You'll see the sovereignty of God. And so there's something also about us whereby... The sovereignty of God means that we become future orientated people. We are, our thinking is um, informed by the fact that it's not the end yet. There's a program, there's a plan, there's a purpose. And we're not, at, we're not at the climax of that yet. But what we do is we look to the cross and we know that there the victory was won. So we look to the future with confidence. We know that no one and nothing can undo the victory of Christ. Hallelujah. Through unbelief. I can disqualify myself from enjoying various fruits and rewards of the victory of Christ. Of course I can. But nothing can, nothing can undermine or disqualify the victory of Christ. He has done it. And the, the more and more confident I get in that, the more and more I live in the light of that, the more and more I enjoy the rewards and the victory of his victory. It becomes my experienced reality. Um, incrementally I, I i see more and more what he does and i think lord you're amazing i become more and more confident in him it's ever so important that we just recognize that the devil is constantly trying to undermine in our minds and in our hearts our confidence in god that's the main thing read genesis 3 it's what he's always done tell lies about god make suggestions that god is insecure that god is not good that god is restrictive in his nature that god is um trying to make your life worse, constantly, constantly, constantly. It is a key strategy of the enemy. And part of our maturing is being able to see that for what it is and recognise that it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a, what's, what, what is going on there is not logic or reason, it's a spiritual alternative and it's a dark one. Trying to get us into a place where all confidence in God is robbed away and then where we just begin to reach for whatever appears to be the most um, convenient, um, pleasurable, uh, easy in the moment. And then you, at the end of it, you always just think, what, what an idiot. <laughs> why, why did I fall for that? And increasingly, as we go through and mature in the Christian life, 
The Lord wants us to be able to spot that, grow in discernment and go, hey, I'm not, I'm not going there, I'm not going there. So I trust that this has encouraged you and that you are um, freshly aware of the sovereignty of God and that you take your stand on it with both feet uh, and, and, and know, know for sure, know for sure that um, he's got it, he's got you underneath of the everlasting arms.